Uh, hey, everyone. It's Russ, and welcome to another episode of Women's Retirement Radio. Uh, today, I am excited to introduce you to a longtime friend and colleague, um, Robert Fitzgerald. Um, I know him as Bob, but um, he works, or he has his own insurance agency, the Robert Fitzgerald uh, Insurance Agency. And over the years, which I'll let Bob share with you in a moment, uh, he has developed a deep expertise uh, as well as a focus on uh, Medicare. And I know that's a topic near and dear to uh, many of your hearts, uh, especially as you approach Medicare eligible age. So, um, so Bob, really excited to have you on uh, the podcast today. Uh, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Russ. Why don't we, uh, why don't we start, you know, Bob, you and, I, you and I have the the benefit of having got to know each other for, gosh, I don't know, 10 years now, maybe more. Um, probably more. <laughs> yeah. Why don't, uh, why don't you start, though, and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and the work that you do. Okay. Uh, thanks, Russ. Um, well, I, I got into this business, uh, into the insurance business in about uh, 2002, 2003. I actually come from a technology background where I was helping companies sell te- technology and sell services. And I think in 2002, 2003, we uh, ran into a hiccup of uh, the economy changed. And I was out of a job and I had gotten... Uh, I guess laid off two or three times, and you know I I, I got frustrated with that, and uh, decided the next time I was going to start uh, be you know, take a job is going to be because of my business plan, and uh, so I jumped into the insurance uh, world, and you know I, I did okay for a while. I was in uh, doing individual and group and helping clients, so that was great. But in about 2006, 2007, I had these people asking me about Medicare. And I realized there wasn't enough resources out in the mar- marketplace to support those people or enough knowledge. And so I started understanding it and I started uh, dealing with it. Well, in 2008, my wife had to go on to Medicare because of a disability. Uh, she had an illness. And then it became personal because she was well under 65 at the time. Uh, she was in her early 50s, and all of a sudden, she had to go into Medicare. So it gave me the real experience of, sorry, Russ, it, it, it really gave me the real experience of how complicated and how frustrating uh, Medicare can be. And so that's uh, where, where I started. I've... Uh, uh, today, I focus entirely on Medicare. Um, I actually help, help train other agents to do it. I've got uh, folks that work under me. Well, they don't work under me. They're agencies. They're wanting to get into Medicare business. And I actually help train their p- employees or train them to go out and help uh, people that are turning 65 or becoming Medicare eligible. Got it. Yeah. And I I want to back up to something that you mentioned that I'm not sure that you and I've ever discussed, but I, I know I know you've got the the long kind of history or background in technology sales, and then I know you've decided to kind of change direction, um, as you mentioned um, several years ago. Any particular reason why you decided to kind of go into insurance versus you know maybe other options? Well, actually, it was low cost of entry, <laughs> and I've always been a salesperson. And it was uh, an interesting business to me. 
uh, because at the time I went in, I was just shocked coming out of the technology world where, you know, at that time in 2000, 2003, you could actually go online and figure out where you shopped yesterday, where you ate and all kinds of things about that were just out in the uh, world about you. Um, but one of the shocking things to me is uh, you could show up on a gurney inside of a hospital, and if you're unconscious, they could wouldn't know if you're a diabetic or not. And that was just shocking to me that that was uh, happening at that time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I always just find it fascinating to kind of understand the decisions that you know led people to where they are today. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and then to add on to kind of what you we're explaining about your, how you kind of um, started to get questions about Medicare and then uh, your wife um, needing to go on to Medicare um, early due to a disability or, or an illness. Uh, and then you've begun working with more and more other insurance agents and agencies. Um, clearly, you've got a ton of experience uh, as well as expertise in Medicare. Um, but you also, if I recall, you also are involved at um, the state level. Um, I, I know you've told me before that you've done things here in the state of Georgia with the legislature and you've gone to, uh, to DC, uh, more than a couple of times, uh, representing Georgia, uh, uh, around meetings, conferences, discussions that pertain to Medicare and, and things of that nature. Could you just speak to that briefly? Well, yeah, I've actually been involved in a, a couple of different things. I was actually on the national association of, uh, Health Underwriters uh, uh, Medicare Advisory Board, and I'm still, I'm, I just came off of that. Um, I, my plate's gotten a little bit full, so I decided to take a, a year off. I'll probably be back on it again next year. But I've actually uh, testified uh, in front of the Department of Justice when uh, they had a lawsuit against uh, Humana and, and uh, Aetna for trying to merge. And obviously, they didn't merge. Um, uh, I can tell you that uh, I was on the side of them not merging. So I felt like that was a win for me. So and I got a lot of uh, credit for my testimony there. So that was kind of exciting. Um, and I've also uh, served on uh, Governor Deal, one of his uh, uh, committees that we were at the time looking at adding other things to healthcare at the time. And it was, I believe at that time, it was autism and uh, food and some other things. And so I was brought in a, on a committee and that was uh, um, pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I've been pretty active. And as you said, I go up every year uh, to uh, Washington DC and I tried to lobby on behalf of my clients on the things that need to change, um, you know, in Medicare to make it easier and uh, cert certainly making it better for the clients that I have. And, and you know, obviously everybody coming forward, uh, uh, enrolling into Medicare in the future. Well, and speaking of that, why, could you give us just a little glimpse of like, what's your wish list? Like what, what are one or two things that if you could snap your fingers, um, and clearly you can't, but if you can snap your fingers to improve uh, Medicare in a meaningful way? Like what are one or two things you'd love to see happen? Well, you know, Russ, I run into this a, a lot where instead of going on Medicare, um, you know, people decide, well, I'm going to go on uh, COBRA. And they don't realize that uh, COBRA is not group coverage, it's individual coverage. 
And if you're eligible for Medicare, that uh, company that's administering the COBRA and paying the bills for your health insurance doesn't have to pay any bills that uh, A and B would pay for. And that's a real hole. And then you also have a problem if you're on COBRA for more than eight months after you're on Medicare that you might not be able to enroll in Medicare for up to 18 months after that. So it's it's that's something that people make, you know, an honest, a, a real honest mistake because they didn't know that COBRA was individual coverage. So that's one of the things that we're trying to fix. Um, there's other things like in Medicare enrollment um, where the way Medicare enrollment works, you have up to three months before and up to three months after uh, to uh, to enroll in Medicare A and B. Well, if you all of a sudden lose your job in that second month after your uh, enrollment and you try to go enroll, your your insurance could be, you may not have the option of enrolling to up to three months uh, from then. And that means you, you and your family could be without insurance for up to three months. Um, so there's little things like that that um, make it very uh, unfortunate for clients that really has no place even being there, number one, because it's, it doesn't, from a financial sense, it doesn't make any sense on either side to be don't, having those uh, things in place. But it really becomes problematic for the client making decisions and really, you know, they're trying to do the right things and keep their health care and they want it to con- be continuous and then they find out they're going to have a break. So it becomes very frustrating. Uh, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I, you know, as I've shared with you before, I, I probably know just enough to be dangerous when it comes to the world of Medicare, which is why I'm, you know, happy to introduce my clients and other contacts to you. And I've done that multiple times over the last few years. Yes, you when, have. Thank when, you. Yeah. When they, <laughs> when they're approaching, you know, Medicare eligibility or when they want to review their coverage or, or things like that. And we could probably spend hours just talking about all the ins and outs of Medicare and the different, you know, the letters and what they cover and what they don't. Um, but maybe we could, uh, maybe we could focus on what is from your perspective, Bob, what's the biggest challenge that you help people address or solve when it comes to Medicare coverage? Well, uh, really understanding what decisions they have to make, um, when they're eligible for Medicare, that's really the biggest challenge because, uh, clients usually walk in not knowing that they do have decisions to make. Uh, doing nothing can be a terrible decision. It could be a good decision, but you, you really have to have somebody help you with, you know, what decisions you have to make and the impact of those decisions, because there could be financial penalties, there could be breaks in coverage. Um, so that's really the biggest problem that I saw. And what I know you spoke earlier about maybe a couple of things you'd love to see improved or change around COBRA and the timing of enrollment and things like that, uh, where people could unintentionally find themselves in a, in a challenging spot. Um, what are maybe similar to that, but maybe a little bit different. What, what are common misconceptions or what are, what are things that you often find yourself explaining to folks about Medicare that maybe they just didn't understand completely or had a, a misunderstanding about? Well, the cost, number one, um, 
people uh, don't realize all the costs that are involved in Medicare. Um, so that's probably the, uh, people find out, especially if uh, you're a higher income earner, you are going to pay a higher Part B premium than the, everybody else. And right. so that, so that's that's obviously one of the uh, big surprises. Um, but I'd say the other thing is that people realize they're getting better insurance. They have better options and lower costs when they use the services. Yeah. So, so it really is to their benefit in a lot of cases that they ought to be going to Medicare. Yeah. And clearly you've got a ton of experience and know Medicare inside and out. But, you know, since Medicare is, is essentially a federal program, what is your role in the Medicare decision-making and education process for clients? Like, like what do you actually, you know, help them put in place that maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable trying to tackle on their own? Well, I am uh, an independent agency and really I make my money helping that person buy an insurance product. And I am not tied to any one carrier. Um, I'm an independent I'm pointed with most of the carriers in the marketplace. And that's how I get paid is I provide a uh, solution to my clients using insurance product. My services to the client actually don't cost any money, which is a nice thing. Um, but I've got a real simple business plan. If, uh, if I do good things for my client, they say nice things to their friends and they send them to me. And I have an all referral business right now. I do not do any marketing at all. Um, and, you know, it's just I've been very worthwhile from my standpoint that I get to help the amount of people that I do and the clients that come to me just uh, by referral. And is that, uh, is your involvement like typically introducing them to their options, like for a Medicare Advantage plan or something along those lines or helping yeah. educate them about the different um, Medicare letters and Medigap policies Everything. or, yeah. Yeah, I, so my initial presentation to my clients is a Medicare 101 presentation, uh, Russ. I want them to understand the ins and outs a little bit, you know, about Medicare. And a lot of stuff's baked in, but it gets to the, the section where they have decisions to make. So they start understanding what decisions they have to make. And then you mentioned Medicare Advantage. Well, you know, they might want to uh, go to a Medicare Advantage plan. They want might want to stay on original Medicare with a Medicare supplement plan, a drug plan. And, you know, I help them uh, through all that. Got it. That's helpful. I, I just, I, I want to be very clear about, you know, the role you play and how you help people. And to your earlier point, I've, when I've introduced folks to you, I've always, always gotten wonderful feedback about how helpful you were and, and things like that. So I can, I can speak to your comments about, you know, running a, a referral-based business, especially when you take good care of your of your clients. Um, who who's a perfect client for you, Bob? Like, is there is it like the the month leading up to age sixty five, at which point they become eligible? Is it someone that's already on Medicare that maybe just needs to review their prescriptions and make sure they've got the right coverage for the right cost? Or like, who do you feel you can are, are best equipped to serve in the Medicare space? Well. <laughs> That's that's a more complicated question, uh, Russ, um, uh, that I'm sure you're aware of, because Medicare has all different kinds of enrollment periods. And when you can enroll and then 
the different products have different enrollment periods. Like you just mentioned prescription drug plans. Well, we've got annual enrollment coming up, and that's when clients need to review their prescription drugs and make sure that uh, they're on the right plan for the uh, coming year. Um, and same thing with the Medicare Advantage uh, plans. Uh, between October 15th and December 7th, a client can make changes at that time to their plans and for January 1. So that's obviously a uh, very busy time for me. But throughout the rest of the year, you've got people turning 65, You've got people that all of a sudden they're leaving work and they're, you know, they're over 65 and they, they're, you know, they, they're coming off their employment plan. So, uh, so that, that's a very big move for me because I work with uh, some corporations where I go in with their HR department and I do a presentation on, you know, whether it makes sense for them to go on Medicare now or stay on the group plan. Um, so, and then you've got people that move into, uh, Georgia or move out of Georgia into another state where I, they have uh, another enrollment period. So I'm, you know, pretty busy uh, um, throughout the year. And, uh, you know, it really, uh, it really has to do with a lot of these enrollment periods. Uh, most people are familiar, obviously, with the annual enrollment period, but they don't realize there's a bunch of other ones too. Yeah. Yeah. Is it correct? Um, and I may be showing my ignorance here, but is it correct that if someone's working full time and let's say they've got a, uh, they're on a group plan through their employer and they turn 65, did they still, my understanding, and maybe I'm wrong, they still need to enroll in Medicare, even if they're not going to use it, um, even if they're going to stay on their group plan. Is that accurate? Uh, not, 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 uh, it all depends. Um, and then it's, I'm going to get a little bit detail into the weeds here. Um, so, Number one, if you're on a group plan of over 20 employees, um, then yes, you can stay on that group plan and delay your Part B enrollment uh, without penalty if you do it the right way. Uh, but in, for, in a lot of cases, it does make sense to enroll in A. There's no penalty. You don't pay for it. So there's no reason why you wouldn't. But if you're on a high deductible plan with an HSA, you don't want to enroll in A or B because you lose that ability to get the tax uh, deferral on those contributions into the HSA account. So you have to be a little bit careful there. And then on top of that, um, I usually have a conversation with the client about, uh, I need to know if that drug plan that you're on, if it's an HSA type, a high deductible plan, uh, whether it's uh, credible coverage or not. And if it is uh, credible coverage, uh, you can do, do that and you're fine. But if you don't go on A and B and the drug plan isn't a credible coverage, you might be subject to a penalty. And so sometimes the penalty, taking the penalty is worth the contribution going into the HSA account. So we try to have that account, we, uh, that conversation also. So everything gets a little bit tricky. <laughs> So the answer is it depends. Yes, it certainly depends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, again, I, um, and now that you say that I'm actually, uh, I'm actually reminded of a, a client situation. I think you and I discussed a few months ago where, where, um, she was kind of faced with that decision where it was, to, does she stay on a, um, it was actually a woman that was, I guess, divorced and was going to be covered by her ex-husband's COBRA coverage. And we were talking about whether or not she should stay on that or go to Medicare. And I, I think you raised some of those uh, issues uh, as well. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into 
that go into the decision-making process clearly. So the other challenge you have there with uh, being on a group plan, um, coming off of the, that individual coming off the group plan could affect the rest of the family's insurance also. So we try to have that conversation because all of a sudden, if the employee is not on the group plan, well, the spouse and the, the kids are no longer eligible for the group plan. And then they may have uh, options to go on COBRA or uh, or go to an individual plan. So, it, you know, there's a lot of things tied together here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of moving parts. Yes. <laughs> so, Bob, you said you've been squarely focused on Medicare since uh, how, how many years is how many years has that been now? Golly, it's uh, I'm going to say a solid 13 years. It might be longer. Yeah. So over that time, you've clearly worked with you know hundreds and hundreds of different clients, um, maybe thousands by this point. Thousands. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't want to unintentionally diminish the the, yeah. uh, the great work you're doing. What's a What's a favorite client success story that comes to mind for you of of all the folks you've worked with over over the years? So I've happened. Uh, I've had this has happened to me uh, twice where I've been. Uh, brought a client that was on uh, kidney dialysis coming off of a group plan. And up until last year, um, that uh, individual really didn't have any options when they were under 65. It's a kind of a scary situation because I had to really dive into it. And what I found is a rule that uh, stated that if that carrier who had the group plan and that person was coming off uh, um, the, uh, the group plan, that carrier actually had to give them guaranteed issue if they offered a Medicare Advantage plan. And I found, ran into that situation twice. And I was just so happy for these clients because they didn't really have any other option. And so I actually had to call the carrier and say, um, look, um, you've got to take this on. I know it's a very expensive uh, um, a client due to uh, the kidney dialysis and all the other problems, but here's the rule. And so initially in both cases, the uh, application was declined and I had to go up to the, the higher ups and point out the rule. And, you know, it took me both times about a week or two, but they ended up taking both people. They're still very good clients in mine. They call me. Um, they just couldn't have been uh, more thankful for the work I did for them. So that that was pretty big because those people were really struggling. They didn't have a lot of options. And I was able to to really make their lives and their family lives a lot better. Wow. I mean, holy cow. I, yeah, I mean, I, that's that's tremendous. And And yeah, I mean, clearly that's where your knowledge of all the ins and outs and, you know, what different parties' obligations were and things like that. I mean, literally could have added years to those people's lives who, yes. who, who otherwise, you know, would have been left to their own devices in a, in a, in a serious health situation. So that's, yeah, yep. that's fantastic. Wow. Um, well, big, um, serious financial situation too. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Um, yeah, that's, I'm just, I'm floored. Thanks for sharing that, Bob. Um, yeah. Before we, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of retirement and get your perspectives on retirement. Before we, before we kind of transition into that, anything else that, you know, you want to 
mention or address around your work in Medicare or anything I didn't ask you that that maybe I, I should have? No, I, you know, the, the important thing I'd say for uh, the folks that are uh, going to be listening to this podcast is get help. I mean, ask the questions, uh, find the right resources so you're making the right decisions. Because um, unfortunately, in my marketplace, there's uh, a lot of Joe Namus out there. I'm sure you've seen them on the TV. It's not as easy as that. Yeah, I, I think you even told. I think we talked about that one time. One of those commercials that was on TV, and I think I think it might have been the Joe Namath one. He was actually, it was actually a Medicaid plan, if I'm not mistaken, that he was that is correct describing instead of Medicare, yeah. which is which is worlds different than 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 Medicare coverage. Well, the plans he was talking might not be in, be available in Georgia. Interesting. Um, so. No, it just uh, and then the words and the things that he's using is actually out of compliance with Medicare. So I'm not sure how he even is able to to uh, do some of the things he does in those commercials. Yeah. Well, I, I could agree more. Um, you know, clearly in the work I do, I'm a I'm a proponent of people reaching out and, and you know seeking seeking some help and some guidance and some expertise when the situation what? calls for it. So we'll we'll certainly. Uh, we'll certainly, as we wrap up, let people know how they can get a hold of you, and we'll share all your contact information in the in the show notes for this uh, episode as well. Uh, well, you know, and I got to tell you, uh, you and I have both been down a path where you've kind of showed me where some bad guys in your industry are. So that's been very helpful for me to to be aware, and I want to thank you for that. Yeah, it's fortunately well, there are bad guys in every industry. Yeah, that, that's true, and you know, at the end of the day, people people don't know what they don't know. Um, right. I, I can say the same of myself. And so um, I think it's it's certainly worth, as you said, asking the questions and, and seeking some input from someone that, you know, knows knows what's what, uh, especially when it comes to something as complex as, as Medicare. Um, so, yes, yeah, couldn't could agree more. Um, so, Bob, this is the Women's Retirement Radio podcast. Um, everything we do and talk about comes back to this idea of women as they prepare for and transition into retirement. So I'm curious, when you think about the word retirement, what comes to mind for you personally? Uh, it's just a date. Um, I, I try to counsel my clients. Uh, you know, if you're retiring from a job or an activity you've been doing all your life and you plan on not doing it, that anymore well the transition can be challenging um you know because i think to live a healthy life you still have to stay social you still have to stay active and you, just, you know you have to eat uh well and you have to uh, exercise so whatever you do in that transition you want to make sure those things are involved because they're in, uh important to leading a healthy uh retirement and a healthy life. Um, myself, I've got my uh, fifth grandchild uh, uh, last week. Oh, <laughs> which congratulations. Is Thank you. So, you know, it's becoming more important for me to, as I get older, then, you know, I want to see, watch these kids grow up. That's probably, you know, the most important thing on my mind right now is that I get to be a part of their lives as for as long as I can. So that becomes real important on, on my behalf to, to stay healthy and be active so I can be a part of and contribute to their lives. Well, and let me, um, I think that's, I think that's a, wonderful perspective. Um, and I'm going to take it a step further and maybe put you on the spot a little bit, but, um, 
talk about retirement uh, as it relates to you personally. Like, do you do you imagine a time where you just wind down the business or sell it and, you know, you're just not working? Or do you think you would maybe dial back and, and get some help or just kind of, um, you know, work at a little easier pace at some point? Or like when you think about retirement for yourself personally, like what does that look like for you? Um, right now I have a financial uh, plan that says I'm going to uh, stop at 70. Um, but that's all it is, is the financial piece of it. Um, I suspect I will continue after 70, but it won't be at the pace I'm at today. Yeah. And how that looks like, I'm not sure. But, you know, I love what I do. Uh, you know, I love working with the clients I uh, work with. I uh, get the opportunity to work with uh, chairman of the boards of uh, companies, uh, you know, uh, people high in the religious uh, environment, um, just uh, different people of all uh, kinds, and they're all interesting. And I just love that part of it. Uh, so I will probably continue after 70, but probably won't be uh, at the pace on that right now. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is your your financial plan is, while, while there's a, a retirement date, it sounds like it's really more, more around the idea of financial independence, after which you may continue to work for a period of time or or not. I mean, I guess you'll have that option at that stage. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that idea of independence or work optional comes up a lot when I ask people that retirement question. So, um, so thanks for, thanks for your willingness to, to share that. And I forgot to mention this earlier, but for all those out there listening who happen to uh, be tennis players in the Atlanta area, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's familiar with uh, the, um, uh, Alta organization and Bob is a past president, uh, not too long ago as, uh, as I recall. Well, I was actually chairman of the board last year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you were, yeah, you were the big, uh, big cheese when it came to Alta. So I, I don't know how between that and your, and your commitments around your work and um, not just with your clients, but, you know, with some of the associations and the legislative uh, bodies that you're involved with, I, I don't know how you find the time to do it, but I'm, I'm glad you do. So. Um, well, my wife, wife explains that I have this sick passion of giving back to the places they've given to me. So, <laughs> well, there are certainly worse vices that uh, you could be dealing with, Bob. Yep. I agree. I agree. I've been, and I've enjoyed it too. Good. Good. What, um, from your perspective, um, both as it relates to Medicare, but then more broadly, what, what do you think is the biggest challenge women face specifically when they're planning for retirement? Oh, wow. Um, you know, it, it, it's women are more in tune with the health care that's out in the uh, uh, market than men are. And so they they understand a little bit about uh, a little bit more about how the health plans work. Uh, they are using, I think, under sixty five certainly the health care system more than men are. Um, so they're uh, uh, more detailed in their questions about are my doctors in a network? Do we cover this? Do we do this? Um, so those kinds of things that I I see from women, but they also you know, they they want to make sure they understand their coverage, um, and they will also want to make sure they have the best coverage that they can get. Um, I see a lot, women a lot more in tune with the options and understanding what decisions that they really have to make. Yeah, 
That's interesting. And, and, and with that in mind, how, how does your work directly impact those women and their families as they're planning for or transitioning into retirement? I mean, I, I think we've covered a lot of this, but like, how would yeah. you say that given maybe women's tendencies to be a little bit more engaged and involved in their healthcare options and choices and things like that, how does that tie into your work and how, how does that ultimately influence or impact their retirement planning? Well, it's, again, it gets back to them having the confidence that they understood the decisions they had to make and um, and they understood the ramifications of the decisions they, they were making. And at the end of the day, you know, they, they understood all the options. They understood what was good, what was bad. And, you know, they were able to make a decision. And at the end of the day, they are going to be able to sleep better at night knowing that they made the right decisions um, at the right time in the right place. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I think um, I think as cliched as sleeping better at night and this idea of peace of mind is, uh, I think there's really tremendous value um, in, in being able to, to help deliver that to people. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, women, women, especially. So uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, mm. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, I'm just so happy that I, you know, I know you and that I've got you as a great resource to point, uh, you know, clients and other contacts to when they have questions about Medicare, whether that's their own coverage or whether they're, you know, dealing with an aging parent or whatever the, whatever the situation may be. So um, I'm, I'm really, really happy to have you as a, as kind of my go-to local resource when it comes to all things Medicare. Well, thanks, Russ. We've had a very good relationship, and we've actually become very good friends over time. I think because of the uh, the knowledge that we both bring to the to the party. Yeah, we have, and and uh, yeah. Despite your financial plan, I'm no no way I'm going to let you retire at seventy because I'm I'm going to keep you in the game as long as I can. Um, so maybe maybe you answered this a, a moment ago when you mentioned your uh, your your fifth grandchild just coming into the world here recently. But how um, you know you're a busy guy. Um, you've got a growing business. You're about to get even busier when um, open enrollment starts here in a in a few weeks in the middle of October. But when you've got an hour or two to yourself, Bob, how do you most enjoy spending your time? Well, I like to walk, and while I'm walking, I've got. Uh, a set of AirPods that I put in my ears and I get to listen to uh, uh, biographies of, of past presidents. And I can tell you I'm up to Lincoln and that's like a 45 hour <laughs> uh, book. Uh, so uh, that's probably one of the things I, if I have a free hour, that's what I like to do. Uh, how just on average out of curiosity, how, how much do you walk uh, in an average day? Well, um, I walk at least uh, three times a week. Uh, I live in Woodstock, and we've got this trail that goes about four miles. So I, I usually do that. And I'm fortunate on uh, two of the mornings I walk with uh, uh, three or four other men, uh, two guys that I, I know really well. A couple are in the neighborhood. And so we, we get to discuss uh, the world uh, issues and uh, sports and everything else. So I enjoy that also. So I usually do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, at seven o'clock in the morning. So it's really, that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting that you're working through the presidential biographies. I'll, uh, (laughs) you know, that, that's, I I guess, arguably that could be a lifelong pursuit uh, 
as, uh, as many as you still got ahead of you. But I, I think that's certainly an interesting way to spend your time when you're out uh, in nature, stretching your legs. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, well, I will give you one nugget. Politics hasn't changed from day one. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that's come up in our, in our, uh, in our lunch conversations more than once too, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, interesting how things change and also stay the same. Um, oh yeah. It's been a dirty business since day one. <laughs> yeah. So Bob, we've covered a lot. I, you know, you and I could probably talk for another couple of hours without, you know, even checking the clock, but, um, as we wrap up, if there were one thing that our listeners could take away from our conversation today, what would you want that one thing to be? Ask the questions. If you really don't know and you're not getting the right advice, find it because it's really important that you make the right decisions at the right time. Uh, well said. And, and what a great place to wrap things up. And, and clearly, uh, anyone listening to this is welcome to reach out to me um, directly, and I'm happy to put you in touch with uh, with Bob, but if you want to, if you got questions or you want to review your coverage, um, or, uh, you just, you know, want to learn a little bit more and be a little bit more educated, you know, feel welcome to reach out to Bob directly, Bob, Bob, what's the best way for people to, to reach out, to learn more, to, um, to get in touch with you. So, uh, um, my office number is six, seven, eight, four, zero, two, one, five, one, five. And that's probably the best way in, in your call. If you could leave me your email address, um, cause I'm starting to use a tool that, um, Russ is using now called Calendly. And what I'll try to do is email you my schedule so we can set up a time to talk. Awesome. And like I mentioned earlier, we'll, we'll include links to Bob's website, uh, and his phone number in the show notes, uh, among other things. So we'll make it easy for you to reach out and, and learn more about Bob and, and more specifically learn more about Medicare. Uh, if that's something that's uh, of interest to you, um, Bob, this yeah. has been great. I, uh, I've been looking forward to having this conversation for a while. So I'm glad we were able to finally get it done. And, um, you know, maybe we'll have to have to have you back and have a part two at some point. We have to get back on our lunch circuit too. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Now that, uh, now that hopefully, Hopefully COVID's a thing of the past. Yeah, we're we, we do we're we're overdue to get a lunch on the on the calendar again here soon. So we'll uh, we'll definitely have to to do that. Um, but Bob, thank you again uh, for for all you do, but uh, for for certainly you know joining me today to share a little bit about who you are and the work you're doing with uh, with our listeners. This has been fun. Thank you, Russ. You've been a great resource, and I'm sure you're a great resource for your clients. And um, everyone out there, thanks uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, again, this is Russ Thornton with Women's Retirement Radio. And we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. It's Russ again. And before you go, I want to provide a brief disclosure. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. I'm a financial advisor and an investment advisor representative of Wealthcare Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor based in Richmond, Virginia. The views discussed in this podcast are my own and may not be consistent with or represent those of Wealthcare Capital Management.